Welcome back to Nail Babe Pod, a podcast dedicated to interviewing the nail babes of the nail world. I'm your host, Abe, the nail babe. This week, my nail babe is Walker from Olive Ave Polish. Walker started her nail career as a blogger and creator YouTuber and now runs Olive Ave Polish. So let's get right into it. Oil those cuticles, lotion your hands, and let's welcome Walker to the pod. I'm so excited to welcome Walker from Olive Ave Polish. You, of course, know her from her beautiful creams, if you follow me or any of my nail friends. Welcome, Walker. Thank you, Abe. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay. Okay, but I don't know if people know this. You started off as a nail content creator. I did, yeah. I In 2018, I think, which doesn't feel like that long ago, but... I mean, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Um, I, I started a Instagram and then I u- moved to YouTube later that year. I feel like your your thing was like comparisons, right? Yeah. I felt like that was the thing that I was always looking for when I was trying to like make up my mind about buying a color. And I thought, okay, I'll just do it myself, you know, uh, if I can't find them anywhere else. And I kind of didn't expect them to be that popular, but I think other people were also looking for them. So people enjoyed them. You were mostly, I see a lot of Zoya on your personal like Instagram. Yeah, that was kind of the brand that really got me into nail polish. Mm. I think I had been vegan for a long time and um, tried to use only cruelty-free products for a really long time and kind of, I had like in my mind assumed that there actually weren't nail polishes that fit that category. And then once I got into the world, I was like, oh, there's lots of options. But Zoya was kind of my like entry point into Mm. the world of nail polish at home. And so that was, yeah, the brand that most of my content was about. Mm. Wait, so yeah, I want to go Back to like your beginning of how you even got into nail polish. I like to ask people to give us their spark notes version (laughs) in the least amount of words or sentences. So my example was YouTube Simply Nail Logical, COVID boredom, and Mm. self-expression. I'm sure that resonates with a lot of people. It feels very familiar. (laughs) Yeah. Especially COVID boredom. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like so many people got into it. Yeah. Like, you're stuck at home. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no one will see the bad nails that I do anyway. <laughs> Just I mean, hide inside. <laughs> no. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Okay. My cliff notes. I would say a stressful job and mm. self-care. And then, LOL at this one, but budgeting. I thought it was cheaper to do them at home, which it is if you don't buy like, you know. Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm saving money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Use code Abe yeah. at all of that. 10%, 10%. <laughs> That's like um, Latanya on Do You Follow? She was like, if it's a discount, that means it's free. Like, tell your accountant oh. it's basically free. Yeah. <laughs> Blacker to lashes on Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, we yep. love her. Um, okay, so were you painting your nails like as a kid? Like, do you remember the first time you ever like experienced nail polish? Yeah, I remember. Um, so I had this babysitter who I loved when I was like, I don't know, nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and younger than nine, I think actually. And um, she would come hang out with like me and my sister when my brothers were really little um, so that my mom wasn't going insane. Um, <laughs> and she taught me how to paint my nails, but I distinctly remember that I could only uh, do my, you know, I'm left-handed, so I can only do my right hand. And I always needed her to do the other side. And she tried to help me like learn how to, at that point, I couldn't really, <laughs> didn't have the coordination to do it. <laughs> I still uh, can't. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, I, I like remember her teaching me. Um, oh. But then I didn't really do it for very long. Um, I kind of, t- you know, took a long hiatus. So That's a nice memory. Yeah. 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 Did your parents, did your mom like paint her nails at all or... 
No, she actually really only started doing it when I launched my brand because she, um, I think is also like, she tries to avoid a lot of chemicals. She's pretty sensitive Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, things like toluene and stuff like that. So, um, she, she trusts me. So she uses my stuff now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't like no one in my, like my sister or my like mom, they never painted their nails. Like they were never really like into makeup or anything. Not not that that's the same thing, but so like, it was like when I did it, they were like, what is this? Like, (laughs) same. No, not even no. that like i'm a guy but like also just like nail polish in general they're like we don't know what this is like yeah, doesn't no. it just like come off it's like how does it take forever to drive anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel like um, i was like admitting to something kind of scandalous when i told my mom i was like well i started a youtube channel it's about nail polish she was like what <laughs> okay. wait so how did that how did you go because you were you're posting online like what what brought you to start the instagram and then transition to the YouTube. Yeah. I like have this memory of being uh, like on my couch scrolling through. I think I was looking, I was trying to find pictures of one of the colors that I was considering buying. And that's how I kind of stumbled into, you know, on Zoya's website, they have like all the swatches. And so I was like, oh, there must be hmm. pictures on Instagram of these colors. And that's how I kind of stumbled into the world of nail Instagram. Mm. Um, and I just remember being like, all oh, these people seem so happy and they love this stuff. And so, um, yeah, I think my first picture was just like some bottles lined up on a windowsill, you know, like very dramatic. Yeah, I just was like excited to be a part of the community and people seem like they're having fun. And that's how I got to YouTube too. I was like, these people making videos seem like they're having so much fun. I want to have fun. Um, so. <laughs> I like that too. Cause you're like, cause I think for me, it was just kind of like, oh, I don't know, like I'll just post this. I didn't realize there was a community until I started posting. No way. Yeah. And when I was just like, what? Like, who are all these people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> They all come out of the woodwork. They're following those. Like, literally. (laughs) And then I've, like, followed, like, every single person. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But it's nice to, like, because I feel like people don't realize there is such a huge community of now-obsessed people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's really cool now to see, you know, I see names come through on orders that I'm like, oh, you used to comment on my YouTube videos, you know, and it's it's just like, I don't know. It's really neat to see that people kind of stick around. So how was it making your first YouTube video? What, What year was this? Uh, 2018, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's not that. It doesn't seem that far away, but like, were you like on your phone? Like, what was the, what was the phone number? Do you remember like iPhone five or something? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't remember what it was, uh, but it was not, did not have a very good camera. I'm like yeah. two, two series behind on my iPhone. Oh, okay. So it was whatever came out in 2018 minus two, <laughs> two you know, versions. Okay. And the megapixels of the camera be like three. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you can see it. My first video is still on my channel. It's not good. I'm like a little, it's like sepia tone almost, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's how it that's how it is, you know, when you that's how also like the internet was like in the beginning, I feel like. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went, I got a DSLR on Craigslist. I went and like mm. met somebody in downtown Boston and like handed them a hundred bucks and took this camera home and was like, <laughs> I have no idea how to use this. <laughs> but um yeah, it was really fun. And then you're like YouTubing like how to set up a film, whatever, and Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can learn yeah. anything on YouTube. That is true, that is true. <laughs> So then what, what led up to starting the brand? I feel like what, what is the like timeline you kind of like have been looking at you like Instagram, then YouTube, then brand, but like, what was like the mental lead up to that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would say from the first time that I reviewed a collection, I was like, 
oh, I would do this differently. You know, like I would change the color story or I would like have a better theme or names that make more sense together or whatever. Um, and then every time I reviewed a collection that like desire in me to do it differently grew. And so that, that was really, I was just like, I think I could do this. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be interesting. And yeah, that, that's, that's what I did. And then I think the other piece was that the, the thing that I think I was really good at on YouTube was like the systems, right? I was able to like mm-hmm. have a content calendar and get out content and be efficient in how I made my videos um, and like make it a hobby, but also kind of figure out some of those logistical pieces, which I think translated really well into setting up a business. Did you find yourself like, cause that's kind of like critiquing, right? You're like critiquing the other, like the collections. Is that something you find yourself doing like a lot of other areas? Like I do, <laughs> or was this something that like you, since you like had so much nail polish, you're like, actually I can see past this and see my own point of view. I think maybe more that because I honestly I liked the collections. It wasn't like I was like, oh, these are trash. I just was like, right. oh, I would change this or I would make this tweak or I would do this differently. Yeah. And so I was excited to like have a way to have more of my own voice there. Yeah. But that was something new that you just did with nail polish. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've always been kind of like a entrepreneurial, you know, mm. person, but I think, yeah, this was like the merging of many things for me. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about I want to talk about your day job too because I feel like we what was your day job? Uh so I used to work in a nonprofit. I I was a okay. teacher for many years and then I worked at a nonprofit that like supported teachers in Massachusetts and I was there for 4 years. Mm-hmm. So then how did that help you like in your YouTube career or your like business mm-hmm. career? Yeah, um that's a good question. This is I feel like I'm like really you're pushing me to really <laughs> reflect on you know, okay. who I am and my this is great. <laughs> yeah, so I I mean a lot of the work that I was doing was like project management um okay. and then also some direct you know, client support. And so I think I both learned like what it means to have a customer service mentality. Um, and then also like, how do you make priorities and keep things organized and work towards goals and set up systems, all of which are things that you need, you know, behind the scenes in a business, right? Mm. It is interesting to, because everything builds off each other, right? Like me, like starting the Instagram, like everything, just like you can, now I can see that like everything taught me to like be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the moment, like you don't know like what's happening or like, So like what you were talking about, like some of the systems to like set your like calendar schedule. Like, I don't know what, do you have any advice for people who are like on YouTube and like trying to make a schedule and. Yeah. So I think the thing that I figured out quickly was like how to batch create content, um, Mm. which sounds easy, maybe to some people, but I think it requires you to understand the like components of your videos. Um, So I would sit down and I would swatch you know, do the live swatches for like three videos at once, and then do like edit them all at once, and then record the voiceover all at once. Um, And those videos might come out a month or two apart from each other, but it like helped me, you know, think ahead, but you have to kind of figure out like, how do all the pieces fit together? And which piece can I do early? And that, you know, yeah, you're not going to do that the first video you make. No. Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) The first one I made probably took me like five hours to edit because you're like, so (laughs) terrible. (laughs) I'm sure your podcast is the same. (laughs) Yeah. No, that was like the first one. I was like, this is taking forever. (laughs) But the second one I got, I'm like learning all the shortcuts, like getting faster and faster. But that is a good tip and something that I also do Especially in the beginning when I was like swatching like a 20 piece collection, <laughs> you would, I would film it all in one night, like just keep taking it off, put it on, take it off, put it on, like film that all, like batch it up. Yeah. And then the next morning edit that and then just like post those once a day for like the week. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But you need to, like what you said, you have to be able to see the components because you don't have time. If once you're editing, you're like, oh, I didn't shoot a final like bottle shot. It's like, you're not going to go back. 
Yeah. 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 So you really have to like almost make that checklist or like internal checklist of like, okay, here's the shot. Here's the shot list before you start editing. Totally. And it's like, you know, there's a creative component to making content, but then there's also the like formulaic system side of things. If you're actually going to make enough content to make any money from ad revenue or to post every day, like you do, right? Like it, you can't just sit down every morning and make your video for that day. Otherwise that's all you're going to do for the rest of your life, right? You're never going to have any time to do anything else. It was funny. Like when I was doing it, I was um, at school and some guy was like, how do you paint your nails? Like every morning, (laughs) not doing like, Oh honey. No, no, no. Yeah. Imagine I, <laughs> I wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Just for my videos. Yeah. Yeah. So, but were you making money on ad revenue for on YouTube? A little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, ad revenue on YouTube, you know, I think, I think it was when I early days. making videos, I had like 5,000 subscribers, which is a lot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like poo poo that, sure. but it's not enough to make like a living. You know what I mean? Um, not these million subscriber no. money. <laughs> no. And I never did any sponsored videos or anything, which I feel like is the other way that people make a lot of money. So yeah. sure. But I just want because it is a kind of a I'm like looking at this now. I'm like posting this um podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to <laughs> my YouTube yeah. linked down below. But it is you have to like 40,000 watch hours, right? Yeah. And like a thousand subscribers. Yeah. So like I that is like a, a year, a little less than a year to hit that. Yeah. 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 There's a time limit. So like there is like a big deal to get monetized on totally. YouTube too. Yeah. Was that something you were like aiming for? Or is that just kind of like, you were like, I like this. I'll just keep going. Like, when did you figure out that you could potentially make money on ad revenue on YouTube? Yeah. I mean, I think I realized like once I posted my first couple of videos and people actually watched them and I was like, oh my God, people are actually watching this stuff. Okay. That's cool. Um, like this was just for me. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it would be, you know, it's a good milestone or good goal to have those yeah. in mind. And then, you know, I, I think I was making about what I was spending, right? So I like would buy nail polish and then make back the ad revenue to, which is pretty great, right? It's like, yeah, that know. does seem good. Yeah. You know, everyone's a hundred dollar check because they continue to, you know, there's still ads on my videos and people watch them every once in a while. So every like six months I get a hundred bucks from YouTube and I say, thank you so much, Google. I appreciate it. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. So like, yeah, cause YouTube is evergreen in the it way is. that like, you once you post it, people can always watch that. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, right? If I post something like the post I made like last month, <laughs> it'll be like yeah. no one remembers that. <laughs> no, RIP, RIP, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is sad. Whereas, like, you can repost your content. People say, and I do sometimes, especially like ones that are like really viral. I'm like, well, let's just see if this did it. Again. Like, see what if it did it again. <laughs> Yeah. But it's not like you get money per view. Whereas like on YouTube, if people watch those, you know, ads, you get it. So. Right. And that same with like TikTok. It's like not, it's very, it's not clear as like what's happening over there. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, oh, wow. I made a 0.01 cent (laughs) today. It's the wild west over there. Who knows what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 I know. That's like, there's so much pressure. I mean, you must feel this. I don't know. Like, there's so many things you want to do and you're like, see other people like excel- excelling at and you're like, I need to do that too. But it's like, I can barely do what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I feel like, I mean, so when I started all of that polish, I was trying to maintain my YouTube channel because I didn't want to just like ghost my subscribers right. over there. I was working a full-time job and trying to start this business. Right. And so I think for me, and did you have a kid by then? No, not back okay. then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I do. So, right. so my son was born this year, 2023, January. Congratulations. So. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but you also have I, pet kids, kid pets. 
I do have kid pets. Yes, yes. I have three yeah. pets. Mm-hmm. Yes, that takes a lot. <laughs> yes, they do. They need love and attention and, you know. Yeah, but I think, it, you know, you like, it very quickly becomes a game of prioritization, right? You have to like figure out, okay, what is the thing that makes me money? What is the thing that is most important? That's what you got to focus on, which is hard to do because other stuff might be more fun. But, yeah. mm. Okay, so you started the brand. <laughs> what how did okay so many questions about this because i'm interested also in the like emotional or like the mental path to get there because i feel like that is not something that like you're like i don't especially for the podcast like it took me a while and i at first i was thinking i was like i need a co-host like someone else to do this with me because i was like i'm not good enough by myself you know like something like that (laughs) and now of course you're putting episodes and everybody's like oh my god you're so great we love these (laughs) yeah but please tell me i need validation i love i only listened to one episode so far but i loved it i'm gonna cue the other one up (laughs) no thank you no, but like that is imposter syndrome, right? Of like, I'm not good enough, or like, how could I do this? I don't know. How was that? Yeah. If you can bring us, I mean, now you're successful. Like, everyone loves all of Av. Like, <laughs> but like, bring us back to that moment of like, who were you talking to? Like, who were you? Were you talking to people in the industry? Like, how did you get past that? Like I said, I feel like you're really pushing me to reflect <laughs> on, you know, who I am and my journey to get here. I love it. All the repressed memories. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about <laughs> <No>. <laughs> therapy. I, I, so honestly, I, I didn't tell that many people about my YouTube channel because I just felt like whatever, this is a thing for me, right? Like it doesn't really matter. Um, I think my mom and my grandma were both subscribed. So they would watch my videos and my grandma would be like, you have a lot of nail polish. And I was like, I, I know, but a lot of it I didn't pay for grandma. She's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I think honestly, when I decided to start all about polish, it was kind of similar. I like talked to my husband about it. Very hard to hide it from him, I guess. Um, and then <laughs> to, you know, my mom and my brother is like a financial guru. He uh, like loves to think about like investing and, you know, passive income streams, which like this is very much not a passive income stream, but that kind <laughs> of you know, alternative income streams. Um, so I talked to him a lot about it. I will say I, even now when people ask me what I do, I say, oh, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm a stay at home mom with my son. Um, if I don't know them, which is like the opposite of what you should do when you run a brand, right? You should like tell everybody about it and give them like your website and make them pull it up on their phone and sign up for your email list, right? And I'm really bad at that. So I, I think mm-hmm. I do even now still have a little bit of like imposter syndrome or something where I'm, you know, it doesn't feel like I don't tell strangers like this is my job, um, even though it very much is. That is a thing. Like I talked to my therapist <laughs> and she's like, she like we, I, cause I kind of talk about this too, where she's like, I don't know if you take like full ownership of mm-hmm your like nail Instagram, like you like being a self like full-time content creator, like starting the podcast, like I'm like almost afraid or like, I don't know. There's like some block there where I'm like, is this not good enough? Like, I don't know if that's the angle or like, like you said, also sometimes it's just like, I don't want to explain this to some random like old lady in coffee line. Like, <laughs> sure. Like maybe there's a deeper meaning, but also just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a little bit of both for sure. Yeah. For sure. yeah. 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 So what did your, what was your brother saying? What advice did he give you? I mean, mostly he just was like so supportive. I mean, he's like one of my biggest cheerleaders. He probably, he's not going to listen to this episode, but if he did, he'd think it's hilarious that this is what I'm saying. But he's, he's the one who I text that I'm like, oh, I met my sales goal this month or, oh, I met my, (laughs) or like, oh, I'm hiring a contractor. And he's like, whoa, that's so cool. Um, He's just like, he's my biggest cheerleader, um, which is really fun. But he, you know, I think he's very much into the, like, how do you, I don't know. He, he wants to like save a ton of money and retire early, right? Like invest okay. all his money and retire early, which is not what I'm doing right now. But I am like, you know, I made it possible for me to stay home with my son and still contribute to my family and still have something to do that I'm really passionate about. 
So having this like alternative income stream was something he was really supportive of. And that honestly has changed my life, right? This was not my plan when I started in 2020, but has, you know, this year made a really big difference in my personal life. I think that also is like, I'm guessing, I mean, obviously... (laughs) All of Av is a longer term like business plan versus like, okay, I'm gonna save all my money and retire early. Like yeah. that's just kind of like maximize everything and stop. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Whereas like you're reinvesting in the brand, like seeing this as like a longer project. Totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he was very supportive of the idea of like having a way to make money for yourself, right? And not necessarily like relying on a full-time job, which actually, you know, I I got laid off from my full-time job in May, um, which is why I'm now full-time. Um, it was kind of serendipitous. You know, I just had my kid. And so staying home was really appealing to me. But, you know, it meant that when I got laid off, I had this thing to fall back on and was like, oh, actually, we'll be okay. You know, we will yeah. survive. And I'm like, now I have all these fires lit under me to be like, okay, now we really need to make some money. But yeah, that's, that's, it's been great. That is like, because I'm planning to move to New York City. Oh my God, really? Wow. <laughs> In October. Oh, shit, that's <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you can come back if you don't want people to hear me say it's soon. <laughs> You've got plenty of time. It is soon. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll cut that out if it doesn't work out. Um, oh. No, but it's like, yeah, now I'm like looking at all my partnerships and being like, like, <laughs> gonna pay rent. Like, no, like before when I was like, I was in school or like, it was easier to set a boundary of like, no, I'm not going to do it for cheap. Like, I don't need this to survive. Totally. But now I'm like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I might need this to survive. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. How was that like mindset shift for you? Like, are you just trying to stick to what you was before? Or are you see- are you changing things up? Well, I mean, so the first thing when I decided to start my brand, the first thing that I did was set like principles, right? I was like, these are the things that I want to be true. This is how I want it to feel to shop for my company. It's how I want to feel running it. Okay, what are those? <laughs> uh, so they're celebrate color. So that's why I have okay. like have lots of fun creams and try to keep things in stock. And then do more good. So we have like sustainable packaging. I donate 1% of my proceeds and stuff. And then operate with transparency. So I I want to feel less like a business. Does that make sense to my customers? I don't want people to feel like I'm trying to pull the wool over their eyes and like sneak things into their carts and make them spend money they don't want to spend. <laughs> and so I think that matters to me. So I'm not just going to start like, I don't know, launching 800 more colors a year. But what I do think it pushed me to do is like really be serious about my numbers and make sure that I'm like analyzing where is my traffic coming from? What are my highest sellers? I'm probably going to have to retire more colors than I would like to because they don't sell as frequently, right? And when you are looking more closely at your margins, you actually have to make different decisions. But yeah, but still like keeping the things that matter to me in mind, right? Yeah. No, I think that is good to like go back to the core. Like what is this for? Like what what am I trying to achieve? And like cut away the things that aren't serving that goal right yeah prioritization to come back to that theme is important right yeah Yeah. and that can be with anything like social media too it's like i'm here to like inspire like promote like have like entertain like what are these like what am i trying to do because i think i was also talking to someone yesterday of like we get attached to our videos or like i'm sure your polishes we're like i don't want to retire like i love this shade (laughs) yep totally and you put your heart and soul into it right and you know people like it and you don't want to yeah yeah, I don't know. It matters that you like know who you are and what you provide, right? And that you can really focus on that. How is it also, I mean, more on the technical side of like starting the brand, you work with a manufacturer. I do. Yep. So what also, maybe can we, if you can give us a brief, <laughs> just like definition of like, because there's different types of 
nail polish brands. So you have like a mainstream, a boutique maybe is in there. And then indie, if you would, what, how do you define your business? And then if you can like give us your take on the different, different (laughs) nail polish, because I know everyone has a different opinion on like, what is what? So yes, and this is something that actually, when I was making videos, I feel like I used to get comments from people who'd be like, I'd say in my video, this indie brand or whatever, people mm. be like, it's not an indie brand. I was like, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so I do think you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what even does that mean? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think there are some people who are like, if you're an indie brand, it means that you're like mixing your own polishes, um, which is something that I experimented with and decided this is probably not what I want to do full time. Although the world is full of possibilities. You never know what the future holds. But I also feel like I'm too small to be boutique, right? I'm not like, no, I think I'm, I, I like. You're mainstream. <laughs> I'm mainstream. Exactly. Just kidding. Um, yeah, I think I lean into the, like the identity uh, of being like a small business. Um, and you know, I, I say I'm an indie polish company, um, but I don't like hand mix my stuff. So mm-hmm. if people disagree with that, that's totally fine. But yeah, I think I lean into the like, I'm a small business. Um, I'm a business of one. I think, I mean, for me, I think like small business, business of one, like that is indie to me. Like ind- indie is like short for independent. Like, right. <laughs> so. Yeah. In like any other industry except for nail polish, I feel like it would just mean like, yeah, independent. But I think here we, we've kind of like spliced it out even more, and, yeah. which is totally fine, right? People can categories if it matters to you. Great. It doesn't really yeah. matter to me, to be honest, but that's fine. <laughs> so how was that? Because you said you work with a manufacturer. What are things for someone that is maybe looking for to start a brand or any product, right? What are things are you looking for in the manufacturer? What were you yeah. looking for? Yeah, I have a beautiful spreadsheet from back in like 2018 when I was doing all these, or 2019 when I was doing all these comparisons. Yeah, I mean, so for me, the most important things were the formula, right? Like one that it had to be bomb because that's the most important thing, right? That they would work with me to make something that I was really proud of. And then it needed to also be cruelty-free and vegan and not just like say that it's cruelty-free, but they needed to be willing to, um, in order to get certified cruelty-free, mm-hmm. the, my manufacturer actually has to do a lot of the work. They have to do a lot of the paperwork and, you know, sign agreements, which some companies are just not willing to do. So that was really important for me, um, those two things. And then there's the like logistical operational side of it, right? Which is like, what is the minimum order quantity? Like, can mm. I afford that? Are there volume discounts eventually if I can get to that point? What's the turnaround time, right? Do I need to like place my order six months in advance? Because I'm not in a place where I can like predict <laughs> volume six months in advance. So some of those logistical things also make make the deciding factors for me. And is like location at all? Like they're just shipping stuff anyway. So they could be anywhere like in the country, really. Yeah. I mean, I did want to work with somebody in the country. I think there's especially if you're looking to get products made, there's a lot of companies, you know, in in other parts of the world. I wanted to work with somebody locally, you know, local to the United States, but that may not be something that everybody is interested in. So I guess I didn't realize too, like thinking about the quantities too, and the turnaround time, which is like very probably important to a small business versus like these OPI and huge companies where they're like a year in advance or, you know, like they don't, they just have their calendar set. Yes, totally. Yeah. And they probably have to because of the amount they're right. doing. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, they also have so many, like, I do all my own product photography, except for, you know, my swatchers, obviously. But it's like, you know, I can turn around product photos in like 12 hours because I'm doing all the editing, I'm doing all the shooting, I'm buying the props, right? <laughs> so, uh, whereas OPI probably needs to get their stuff to their marketing team, like, six months in advance so they can do all those products. Get approved and, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So then how was the... I want to ask your opinion (laughs) on what do you think is a good formula? What do you look for in polish 
from a reviewer, from an independent person and now brand owner, what are things you're looking for when you're polishing your nails to indicate that you like it, it's a good formula, what you look for in a good polish? Yeah. I mean, I think particularly because my, my focus is creams, right? I have other finishes, but I think the creams are like the bread and butter of my business. They're what I wear 99% of the time, except for last month, for some reason, I wore all glitters, but who knows? Because I'm focused mostly on creams, I think about like self-leveling, like you want it to not be super streaky. Even if you do, I think ideally you want to be able to do like one thin coat and then a second thin coat and get full opacity. And sometimes I think when you try to get that thin coat, you can get, it's like really streaky and then you can't build up, you know, the full opacity in two coats. Some colors are going to need three, right? Like yellows. A lot of times you just need three or like really light pastels or something. Um, Or if you have really long nails, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that's what I look for is the like, will it self level and not like be all patchy. I mean, you're not like a chemist, but <laughs> do you have like terms you talk to your manufacturer and be like, I need this more self-leveling. Is there making it more like base versus pigment or like, are there like proportions mm. that make something yeah. better self-leveling? I mean, I think this is probably not gonna be an interesting answer, but I think the the answer is I like found a manufacturer that I think really knows their shit. Right. And so okay. I can say to them like, Hey, this is the problem I'm having and they know how to fix it. And I think is why I decided I was like, I could certainly learn how to mix polishes if I wanted to, right? Like, I think you can learn anything you set your mind to. You may not be the best at it, but you can learn anything. Yeah. And I like have dabbled with it. I've like practiced, you know, I have some that I wear that I've mixed for myself because it's fun and interesting. But I knew that like, that wasn't where my area of genius was going to be. You know what I mean? My area of genius was going to be like figuring out the color stories and doing the marketing and that kind of thing. And so I chose to work with a company that I was like, oh yeah, you know your shit. You're going to help me make sure this product is really good. And then I can do the other pieces to make sure that people see it and like it and understand it. Do you think running the brand has helped your opinion on what makes a good polish? Do you think that changed? It's a good question. I don't know. I think I came into it with a pretty clear, like, this is good. I mean, I really don't think that I personally have experienced that many polishes that have that formula that are like on Mm. the market. Right. I mean, sure. Interesting. Right. But like, I mean, I feel like I've worked with really high quality brands when I was swatching, I was, you know, almost everything I liked, you know, there are some that I personally dislike, like I don't really love like really pearly finishes that are very streaky, but some people don't mind that. So I think today, I think 99% of what you're going to find is going to be a pretty good formula out there. Yeah. But there are like tiers, I think of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's like, I mean, sure. They're all like good, but like (laughs) there are better, the olive F creams. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah totally yeah no i yeah. Agree. I, agree. I agree yeah but that is i guess yeah you have to like find someone you trust that knows their shit and actually can like tweak and make sure the product is correct yeah totally you said you're more interested in the process of like creating colors and color stories and branding like how is that process from like when you conceptualize a collection to sending it out like walk us through i'll try to give you the cliff notes version because i feel like we could do a whole you know hour-long conversation about this process right because this is what i do yeah okay so i usually start with like a a theme or like a in my head i have like a mood board of the kinds of colors whether that's because i you know like um some of my collections are very themed like my summer reading collection i was like here are the books that i want to represent because these are my favorite books whereas like my spring collections tend to be more about the like palette that I want to bring to life. So I start with like a a mood board or an inspiration. And then I usually have like one or two colors that are, I call them my anchor colors that are like, okay, this is the one that has to be in the collection and everything else has to work with this color. 
because I think the collection's cohesiveness in terms of color palette matters a lot to me. So like I just launched my summer collection at the beginning of the summer and uh, Radiance was the one that I was like, all right, this is the grounding shade for this collection. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I want everything to work with, which is kind of why they're all this like really rich kind of deep color palette. Was that, what color was that one? That was the like uh, scattered hollow, the pink one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that was nice. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) But it was, that one was like a color that, I'd been thinking of for a long time. And so I wanted to have a collection that that fit into. And then how do you, how do you find those colors? Is this like Pantone or? Yeah, primarily. Um, okay. So, cause for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know Pantone is like a reference guide for colors. And so, you know, I, because when you look at things on your screen, it's always going to look a little different depending on what browser you're using and how charged your computer is. <laughs> for, the lighting, um, everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Pantone is supposed to be a standardized reference. It's used by like interior designers and people who make fabric and all kinds of stuff. Um, so my manufacturer and I use that as well to define colors. And so I'll say, okay, I'm looking for this color, this color, and this color. And they'll send me, you know, four or five very close things. And I pick the ones that I like the best. Okay. So you have like this main key polish or like this collection, you're building it off. And then how does it, what goes on from there? Are you like, how do you, you send it back to your manufacturer and then you're getting notes or what is that process? Yeah. So usually I'll get like a couple, you know, shades that are similar um, and pick the one that I like the best or that I think like works, you know, in the collection the best. And then I usually... So I like to say that I'm like thinking two collections ahead and I'm like producing one collection ahead. So if I just launched my summer collection, my fall collection was already in production. It's like finalized. We're just, you know, kind of doing the last, get it made, take the picture, second stuff. And I'm like in the process of finalizing the colors for my winter collection. So I'm like, you know, that's kind of my timeline. So I'm getting ready to launch fall, which means actually winter's like pretty much finalized. We're about to hit, hit like print or mix Mm. (laughs) on that one um and i'm starting to get samples and kind of finalize my vision for spring right now and what is there like do you have a process of like you like swatch all the colors like how are you comparing like are you in different lighting like what do you what is your process for that oh yeah i yeah um i will wear like you know one on each nail for a couple days um and kind of see them in all the different places Mm. i will yeah i put them on swatch sticks and then try to like compare them to other colors in my collection you know to make sure that they're not there's enough difference or whatever yeah kind of all of the above because you did start the brand with a skinny brush right yeah is that your preferred brush when you're painting Hey, I feel like this is like blasphemy, but yeah, it 100% is my preferred <laughs> brush. <laughs> but I do like, I love my brush. If I'm going to have a round brush, I like my brush. I do feel like people say, you know, they, they love a wide brush. And I think there's a lot of variety in wide brush. And I think there's some not great ones out there, to be honest. I sometimes, I've tried some and been like, I wish this was just a skinny brush because I have more control over it. Um, sometimes when they're wide, especially if they're like, not the round ones, but they're like flat and kind of like bushy. You know what it's I'm the about? thickness. Yes. Yeah. It's the height off the nail of the brush that's the problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't have Which, control over where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. I'm like, I can't see around the edge. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. no. Like, put this on the list of things that I never thought I would have an opinion about, right? But like, I have a very strong opinion here. Yeah. In that case, I would rather just have a thin brush because Same. you can kind of control what's happening on your nail, especially, you know, I mean, I, you and I obviously are good at painting our nails, right? So we can, we can kind of control it a little bit, but I do love my, if I'm going to have a wide brush, I think mine is the best personally. I do like, I do like your wide brush. I feel like it is like one of the best wide brushes. Well, thank you. you. You're welcome. (laughs) But how was that transition? Like, how did you decide to switch over to the wide brush? 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was a place where I was, I was surprised how strongly people's opinions were about it. Cause I was like, I think my brush is great. It was very flexible. It was like this. I didn't think the stem was too long or too short. It was easy to control personally, but you know, this is a place where this was the feedback that I heard consistently from customers. And so I actually made the switch like pretty quickly. I think I only launched what two or three collections with a thin brush, I think three. And then, you know, it took a lot of honestly time and money then to like redo all my inventory in that. But ultimately it was the best decision because I think it was feedback that I heard consistently from customers. And, you know, sometimes you hear feedback and you're like, well, um, you know, that's your opinion. I can't really do much about it. But sometimes you hear feedback and you're like, okay, this is consistently what people want. And like, it's my job to give you what you want and when I can. Um, and when it still doesn't like change who I am as a brand owner and what my brand is. Yeah. Mm. Cause I wanted to ask like how you balance that of like what you want personally versus like what you see other people wanting of you. And yeah. So how do you, how do you decide? Yeah, that's a great question. And like, I'm sure for anybody who's listening, who's a content creator, this is, this yeah. is real, right. You Same get feedback. Thing. Yeah. If you're on the internet, you get feedback, right? That's just how it works. <laughs> Good or bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I only put out polishes that I myself wear and that I like. Mm. Right. And so my, I think this is also a, a little difference between me and like maybe a typical indie brand is like, I do do more creams because that's what I wear. That's what I like. I want the like seven shades of green and I want 15 different kinds of blues, one for each of my moods. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I want. And people say like, Oh, I want to see you do more of this or more of this. And I'm like, that's great. I think there's a lot of other companies where you could get that and that's just not who I am. And so I'm going like, to kind of stick to what I know best. Yeah. So I think there's some feedback, right. That you're like, yes, I hear you. And I will make that change. I think about that like my free shipping threshold, right? Like it's at the price of my collection because that's what people say matters to them. But like the kinds of polishes that I put out, I'm like, you know, I want them to be the stuff that I want to wear. I think that is like you said, going back to your main like core values, right? It's like, this is, I'm producing things that I like. Yeah. And this is my brand identity, like creams, like cruelty-free, vegan, like all these things. Yep. And I do other finishes, right? I like mix them in. I have a couple in each collection because that's like, you know, the percentage of non-creams that I wear is like one or two a month, right? So I think the collection really represents usually like what I want to wear that season. And I'm sure there are people out there who are like, I don't know, really good at market research who are like Mm. rolling over listening to me say this, but you know, I think, I think it's important to know like what you're good at and what um, people expect from you. Do you look at like what colors perform the best? And like, is that different from what you (laughs) like the best? (laughs) That's a great question. Yeah. Sometimes it surprises me in my last collection. I was really surprised that it was afterglow, which is like the kind of purple cream, the peachy okay. purple cream. That was the most popular one. And I was like, great, cool. Yeah. I do, you know, pay attention to that, you know, mm. what's most popular. And I use that really to inform like the quantities that I'm going to get of each color. Okay. And, you know, I probably wouldn't release a collection that's like six greens because greens tend to do the least popular, even though I love them. Mm. Or like yellow, maybe. Yellow, yeah, yeah. But you can stop me from putting those colors out. I might just like stock a lower quantity. You take it into account, but you're not going to like completely change your whole perspective on like what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Because I'll like look at like what videos obviously are doing the best on my page or like I'll try to do more of that. But it's like I'm not going to completely not do anything else that I enjoy. Right, right. But maybe if I happen to be painting my nails, like I could do an extra one that might go viral. (laughs) Yeah, that won't hurt anybody. (laughs) Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like I, when I was doing my YouTube channel, I, I was like, okay, I don't need to do these, like the swatch and review of the collection. That's just like swatch it. Here's a photo of it. I'll tell you what I think about it. Because I was like, a hundred other people are going to do that. 
Um, but those videos do so well because that's what people search for, right? right? So I would make those videos, but then when I was swatching, I would then also take my comparison photo so that it was like, you know, it wasn't so time intensive. But then that's your point of view. Like you're putting your spin on something that you see like is popular. Totally. Yeah. 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 So how do you like on the same topic of like taking in customer feedback? Like, how do you deal with, I mean, hate comments when it's just you're a creator, you're kind of like, ah, whatever. But like yeah. when you're getting feedback on like a product someone bought, like how was your approach? Maybe is it different from when you were just a creator to now brand owner? Like how do you deal with hate comments or like feedback? Critical feedback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's important to like, whether you're a creator and you're getting comments or whether, you know, in my shoes, I think it's important to evaluate like, is this one grumpy person, right? Or is this a trend? Like, am I hearing this from other people as well? Or is this something that I kind of thought, you know, I, okay, I knew the editing wasn't great on that. And this person's calling me out <laughs> or whatever. Because sure. I think there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you do, right? Like you, you can't bend in a hundred directions at once, right? But if there's a trend, right? If people started telling me that like, they didn't like my brush or that they didn't, you know, there was something going on that I kept hearing murmurs of, that's when you have to figure out, okay, how do I, pull a lot a larger portion of my customers and how do I figure out if this is something I really need to solve or address. Mm. But you're always gonna be it's just let them go. Roll it off. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone starting their own brand? Ooh. Okay. I think the best advice that I got when I started my brand, um, and I think this works for content creating too, is was, you know, you don't have to be the best at everything you do. You just have to be consistent, right? So like if you're thinking about putting videos on YouTube, every video on YouTube doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the best video. But if you say you're going to post a video three times a week, you got to post a video three times a week. Or if you, Abe, you swatch in one particular Mm. way, you got to like swatch in that way because that's what people expect from you, right? Mm. They follow you for that. And I think, you know, every collection can't be a bestseller, right? In my business, but I put out four collections, right? Um, Even if not, not every single one is what people, the top blowing the charts off, right? Mm. Oh my God, I did not just say anything that made sense. (laughs) <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> no, that really, I think that is really good advice too, because it takes off the pressure. I think a lot of people have this, like, every video has to be the best. And if it's not good, I'm not going to put it out. Then it's mm-hmm. like, well, then you're never going to put out anything. Ever. Yeah. And then like, it's always the ones that I spend the most time that like, yeah. don't do well. And then I'm just like, slap something together. And then it's like millions of, I'm like, wait a minute. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Sure, like, I don't just that to mean that like, I'm putting out collections that I don't think are good, right? right? But like, you know. I don't let myself, I'm not like, oh, this collection didn't sell as well as the last one. So I'm going to give up, right? I'm still going to like put out another one. I'm going to figure out like, how can I tweak it? What do I need to do different in my marketing or whatever? But you don't let something not being perfect hold you back from moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Because like, yeah, you want to, you're putting out like quality content and like quality like products, but it's like, you can't let the reaction like dictate your worth, right? Like the views don't mean that you did a good video or a bad video. Like that is, yeah, but it's hard to learn that. (laughs) Totally. I think especially when you're starting and you're like, you know, you maybe have a little bit of that imposter syndrome we were talking about. And so you're like looking for validation and it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. How did you get the word out? Like, what is your like marketing? You kind of talk about marketing like strategy. And like, how did you even like when you start a brand, it's you had your following. So you had a built in audience at least. How do you start a brand and like tell people that you exist? You know, that's a that's a hard thing. Yeah, I mean, it's you got to do right. That's like that's what having a business is: is you have to market it. <laughs> like, what you just have an expensive hobby or something. Yeah. So I interestingly, I started my brand around the same time as um, another brand started, and you know, this the creator was like, "Well, you're so lucky because you have this audience." And I was like, "Girl, I have worked for two years to build this audience, right? Like, it, it didn't just like come out of nothing, right?" Um, it was also like 
even if you have the audience, like that doesn't necessarily mean anything. No. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, I mean, when I first started, my marketing was like, I just, I made YouTube videos on my channel and I told people about it and I posted on Instagram and I told people on my Instagram about it. So that was literally my marketing strategy about a year ago. I launched my affiliate program. And so I really went into affiliate marketing and tried to figure out like, what is the mix of people that I need on that list? Um, and so that's what I leaned into. I'm diving into like meta ads. So like Facebook and Instagram and um, Google ads. I'm working with a business coach who's helping me do that right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do think, you know, I have a lot of amazing returning customers. Um, but then the, you know, the way that you get new customers is by having ads. So what is this business? How did you find this business? What do you call them? Coach advisor? Yeah. So she, um, she runs a podcast that I've been listening to for about a year. Um, and then um, it's called e-commerce badassery. Um, if you're looking for, if you're trying to do a product based business, she's Mm -hmm. the best, I think. And she's, she has this, uh, program where you can work with her and then also with, um, one of her colleagues who's a like Facebook ads expert. How long have you been, is this a new thing or? So I started working with them. Like they have a membership program where you can, you know, kind of like ask them questions or whatever, um, starting in September last year. And then I'm just starting to work on them one with one, one on one this month, August. So. So what is like, what are the key takeaways or like, what are they looking for in like trying to market on what is it? Google or Facebook meta? Google and Facebook. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think so on Facebook or, you know, meta ads, it's really about like identifying your audience. Like who are okay. you? Targeting. So you can put in like, what can you put in? Like your age and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can put in like parameters for like, you know, don't show my ad to men, middle-aged men who live in the Midwest, right? You can, you can like, sure. <laughs> down or you can be, like people who are interested in this kind of a topic. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you can also just do like retargeting ads, right? So be like, okay, you came to my website and then the next time you go to another website, my ad's going to show up for you. You know, that's like a, those Very are like popular fruit in terms yeah. of advertising. Cause you're trying to like get somebody who's already interested in you to just come back and make a purchase. I know I talked to some brands of like ROI, like return on investment. Like I'm sure that all comes into it. Yeah. You look at like, you know, what's my, my cost per click and then my cost cost per event, which is like a conversion to a sale, you know, or even like how many people show up on my website and they may not buy anything, but then they get off my email list. And so then I get more opportunities to try to, you know, build a relationship with them and get them to know my products. Cause that's a win for me as well. Right. If I get to like continue to try to help you see the the great things about my yeah. And then that's like a free ad, basically an email list, right? They're not to be, you don't have to pay for that. Well, you do. Uh, I mean, you pay, I, you can get a free email list depending on how small your list is. But once you have a X number of, depending on the client you work, the email client you work with, you do, you pay based on the size of your list. And then, oh, you know, depending on how many emails you send a month, you pay based on, but it's not, it's not the same. It's much more efficient in terms of cost than like running a Facebook ad or something. Mm, yeah. I guess that you made everything cost money. <laughs> it cost money. Yeah. Exactly. You got to spend money to make money, right? Yeah, I guess so. But I like that. You're working with the affiliate content creators also because, like, <laughs> that's me. Um, yeah, Abe. 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 To save at all of app. But I like, I mean, obviously, because, like, for me, like, yeah, like, the content creators, like, this is how you're spreading the word. This is how people are seeing the product. Like, it makes sense for me, <laughs> for you, to, like, invest in that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think 
so when I was uh, making videos, I think like nobody was getting paid for swatches, right? I, I messaged mm. Crystal after I listened to Crystal's episode and was like, I feel like you are blazing new frontiers, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I used to talk to other creators and we'd be like, okay, but I can't charge because nobody else is charging. They're just going to find seven other people who want to do it for free, right? And so I do think it's, you know, the world is changing, but I think at the very least, right? Like having an affiliate code means if somebody sees your post and comes to buy from my website, you should get credit for that, right? I like wholeheartedly believe that, right? Yeah. Um, and so like your link is set up so that if somebody comes to my yeah. website today and they change their mind three days later, they come back and they make a purchase, it's still going to track that back to you, right? Because okay. even if you don't influence somebody in that moment, you're still the reason they came to me, right? So you have like seven days, I think, or 10 days because it matters to me that you get credit for that, you know, purchase. Yeah. I like that. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that. Cause like on Amazon, it's like 24 hours, <laughs> but it's yeah. nice that like you are, cause that like also builds a relationship with not only between you and me, but also my followers too, that they can like get a code, they can get a discount, like, yeah. and they want to like have a good experience doing that. So like that is, I appreciate also you having this affiliate program. <laughs> I mean, I think there are some pretty like not great, like very predatory affiliate programs out there. And so I like really hope that mine doesn't feel that way. Um, it's yeah. probably pretty could be better. I'm sure there's places I can improve, but I think there's some like some companies do some shady, shady shit. In my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like you're like sign this to join up to our affiliate program. And it's like in the fine print, it's like we own everything you do forever. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you uh, did like from when you launched the affiliate program to now, like you have been changing things. You have been like updating things. So, and like, same with like, I mean, we see this with like your brush, like you are like, I don't know. I just really appreciate that. You aren't like, just be like, no, this is what it is. Like no, like feedback. Like (laughs) you're willing to like have this conversation. So. Yeah. I mean, I can't make everybody happy, but I can try to make a couple people happy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as long as I'm one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But also you have like any like content you're working with content creators, you are paying them. Like that is something that you said from the beginning. Yeah. I have from the beginning, I've paid anybody who does swatches on my website. Um, and you know, I think, I think now that hopefully is a little bit more standard. I honestly don't know. Um, a lot of people still tell me they'll do it for free. So I, maybe it's not that popular, but, um, I do think like if I'm putting your content on my website with the product, with the purpose of selling a a product, like you should 100% be compensated for that. Right. And I'm sure that I'm still, you know, below market value. And I try to like raise it a little bit every season. But I I think that to me, you know, I remember the first time I saw a photo of mine on a website that I didn't know it was going to be there. And I was like, very taken aback. Right. Um, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, okay, I guess. Sure. That's fine. (laughs) Um, but it feels uncomfortable right because you know they didn't even ask yeah i think it was you know they were like oh this is just what it means to be a swatcher and i was like well you downloaded it from my instagram or so i was like how did this even how did you get that yeah anyways doesn't matter it's just not like like never mind like the price and like whatever like making money but it's like that's not like polite (laughs) you're just like okay like i don't know but then people are like you should be honored it's like well i mean okay it's a website like i don't know it's not that grave an honor but (laughs) (laughs) honored thank you so much yeah 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 i mean people say like oh it's a small business right whatever and it's like well okay but it is a business as a business you have to have a marketing budget that is your job as a business owner right is to market your products and like a small business like you know, screenshotting my photo and putting it on their website for free is like shady, whether they're a small business or a big business, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, yeah, it's a business. It's not like you're not doing this for fun. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're yeah. not like losing money. Like may, hopefully you're not losing money. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you are making money off this. So it's like, yeah. So it has to be like, it's also like, I feel like especially like 90% of it is just like, yeah, I am willing to pay. Like, I feel like, especially when I it was in started in like years, two years ago, it was like no conversation about even like thinking about paying, which is like, absolutely not. It was like, and then they would just like, ghost you. And you're like, well, okay. Like, sorry. I was just like, <laughs> anyway, it's getting better. <laughs> Yeah, it is getting, I mean, I mean, I haven't, you know, from the sponsor side, I haven't, but I, I do, I think I have more people ask me for money, which is a good sign, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I have to say no to almost all of them because I am a small business, which my budget is small, but I do have a budget, you know, I still spend, right. I give it, you know, some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also you recently just took on Deco Beauty stickers and uh, Cuticle Buddies. Yes, yeah. On your website. Yep. Yep. Which I'm thrilled about. I love both of those companies so much. I was just going to say we had, I just interviewed Deco Beauty for our Mexican episode. So we were talking a little bit about her structure of her business plan was to like pre-sell sheets to a lot of different people or like collabs and then they can sell them. So I'm guessing that's similar to what happened here. It's Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's exciting. This is a place where I got a lot of, I think nail art stickers are very popular right now. And so I've had people be like, oh, are you, other nail polish companies have started releasing them, right? And so people are like, are you going to do this? Are you going to make stickers? And I was like, I could probably figure out how to do it, right? Like you can learn anything. But I know that Deco Beauty makes bomb stickers that I use myself, right? So I was like, I, I think, again, because I like to lean into this attitude of like, I'm a small business. Um, I'm happy to like work with somebody else who's also running a badass small business. You know, I, I think that made more sense to me than like, I'm going to try to put in the R and D to do this myself. And, you know, yeah, I probably could have, but I'm much happier to um, stock a product. I already know is incredible. Yeah, no, I love it. It's cause also like, it makes sense to like, you're like buying polish. Like you can buy them at the same time now. Like all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and we know that like those stickers, I think the sticker, they're the best stickers. Cause like, they're so good. People come out with these stickers the first time, like even what she said too, like developing this, it's not like the first time you do it, it's not going to be great. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, just take something we know works. Same with like the cuticle buddy. You do have your almond cuticle oil, which I love. Yes. I love it too. Yes. I'm not admiring that, right? I like it. Yeah. But then for like an on the go, like rollerball, we have the cuticle buddy. Yeah. So is this also your pre-purchased like a bulk order or same kind of deal? The same kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it's similar. Like when I launched my cuticle oil, people were like, oh, I really like the formula, but I don't like the applicator. Whereas like, I actually really like just being able to like soak my nails. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I use it like at night before I go to bed, you know? And I was like, okay, I could probably research where do you get these products from? How do I, you know, how do I package it in this way? I, I'm sure I could do that. But Cuticle Buddy always, already makes this like badass product that is really, really good. And it's a different formula. So if you hmm. can't do almond oil or you want something that's more jojoba focused, um, you know, mine has a little bit, but this one's more jojoba focused, um, then you can get that one instead. I feel like that goes back to your start in like the nail polish world of like, I want to be part of this community. Like, I really like this. Like, you're still taking in like <laughs> all these different, like now you're part of the, like the small business community. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I don't know. I feel like we just have to support people who are running their own shit because the world is so full of Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm like, it matters to me as like a human. I want to support small businesses. And so I'm, I'm happy that if I can make this decision and support other businesses, I think it's makes me happy. Well, I'm happy. <laughs> Good. And your code works in those products too. So a oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I love talking to you. You're so fun to talk to and beautiful products, beautiful creams. Everyone needs to try your creams. <laughs> 
well, there's more coming in just a couple weeks. So oh. I mean, when this comes out, maybe they already came out. Who knows? But maybe. <laughs> look at my schedule i need your help figuring out my schedule and my like <laughs> thank you yes thank you abe follow all about polish yep uh com. you can um scope out all my products there or follow me on instagram um i'm on tiktok technically i post there every once in a while but yeah come on over if that's what you like yeah i'll put all the links down below and of course <laughs> if we didn't say it enough code abe <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Walker. Okay, I have comments. Base Coat Story says, already halfway through and loving it so much. Hoping to see some hairy tea spilt in the rest of this episode. Sig, <laughs> are we going to have to come back for a part two with all the Harry Styles tea? DT Hunter says, I am so impressed with how far Sig has come and love the wisdom she shares. Thanks, A, for being such a great host. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm trying. I'm learning. <laughs> Every week gets better. Nolan says, Sig, I love what you said about giving people on the brand side grace. Such a joy knowing and working with you. I feel like that's something I definitely keep going back to and reminding myself because you know these brands are out here <laughs> not responding to emails. But like Sig said, they have a hundred things going on, meetings all day. So don't take it personally. So if you'd like to leave me some motivation or positive reinforcement, you can leave a comment. <laughs> Otherwise, I will see you next Thursday.